good to be in the house of the Lord again. Good to feel his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me tonight, if you would, to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to go there for a text. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4 and chapter and verse 6. He's listing several things here. Good passage of scripture to read. This whole chapter is. But what I want to look at tonight is chapter 4 and verse 6. And it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Saviors, we look to you tonight. God, we just love you. We need instruction. Lord, we want to fulfill your plan for us, God. We want to be able to walk in the light that you've shown us. We just pray, God, that you'd help us tonight as we look to you and we look into your word. We pray that you'd illuminate it to us, O Lord, tonight. And we'll praise you for it, God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said there to be careful for nothing. Amen. How many times have we in our life uh, knew what we needed to do, but we're so worried what somebody might think or what the consequences might be if it didn't work like it was supposed to or something like that. We was worried about it, so we was careful, wouldn't we? we you know, sometimes the best medicine is just to say what's on your mind, isn't it? Don't beat around the bush. Uh, here a while back, I was talking to Josiah, and uh, it wasn't a big deal. I think he thought it was going to be some kind of big deal. I was just kind of kind of talking. He said, well, Dad, don't beat around the bush. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sometimes we try to be so careful. But he said this, but in everything, by prayer, there's three things here. By prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. There's three things that we that we need to do when we're talking to the Lord. Now, he said, "Well, he said, let your request be made known to God." That's when we when we pray. If we want them to be known to God, he said, we do it by prayer, by supplication, and thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but I've seen people in my life that just always just wanted stuff all the time. Gimme, 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 gimme. Can you imagine what God hears in the course of a day? <laughs> gimme this, gimme that. There was a song talked about my never-ending shopping list. Gimme, gimme, gimme. But you know what? There comes a time that we, we need to worship Him. Amen. I think... I think there just comes a time that we need to just be able to just say, Lord, I love you. I, you're the greatest. You're the strongest, the biggest, the, the most kind, the most generous. Amen. Uh, you know, a lot of times people have trouble in their marriage because there's not any communication about the feelings. You know, some people are all into feelings and stuff, and, and some people are not. And uh, me and Angel, I guess we're, we're kind of the opposite of the norm. I'm the one that's all into feelings in our relationship. 
But how many know? How many knows that that usually there's somebody that needs to hear uh, if you love them every once in a while, right? Sometimes usually it's the woman. I guess I'm I guess I'm backwards on that. Some things I should say I shouldn't say. Isn't that right? But God wants to know that you love Him. He wants to know that you appreciate Him. There's something about when somebody begins to magnify the Lord. It don't matter where He's focused His attention at. You know, there's a lot of things going on out here in the universe. We, we worry about this world, but there's a whole universe out there. But when you start lifting up the name of Jesus and you start making supplications and worship to God, there's just seemed like something about it. He just can't help but come and be a part of that. He said, with prayer, with supplication, and thanksgiving. Right. Say, well, I'm just praying for something. I ain't got it yet. Thank Him anyway. Right? Thank Him anyway. He's done a lot for us we don't even realize. Right? Maybe He ain't answered the prayer you asked for today, but He's done something for you, I promise you. You've got reason to be thankful and be you'll be thanking Him that He heard your prayer. You can thank Him that He's going to work on your behalf. Amen. But there's three things there. He said, in the first place, don't, don't be so worried about it. Uh, uh, put your effort into it. Put some force into it. How many knows we? the Bible talks about how the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Amen. Obviously, we're not going to kick down the doors and get the battering rams or, or something like that. But what that means is we've got to be forceful in our approach. We can be too passive. We can be too passive. We can just be willing to accept whatever comes along. He said, don't be, don't worry about it. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I'm really laying this verse out heavy tonight, but there's a reason why. He said, let your request be made known to God. Let's go to Luke chapter 18. I've preached on this, preached on this, but I'm going to preach on it again just for a few minutes tonight. Luke chapter 18. <clears throat> it's right after Mark, buddy. Luke chapter 18. And it said he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought to always pray and not faint he's obviously not talking about fainting and falling out the floor we shouldn't give up we shouldn't give up men ought to always pray and not give up we 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 need to believe god and and kind of hold god to what he's promised us isn't that right 
Here's the example he gives, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. He was pretty self-confident, wouldn't he? And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. I don't, I don't want to see this woman every day. I'm getting tired of it. I don't care about the situation even. I believe God cares about our situation, right? But this man, this is a judge. This is the example. He said, I don't even care about the situation. But I'm getting tired of this woman coming every day and wanting to talk to me about the same thing. I'm glad God cares about us. I'm glad God wants us to have what we need. Amen. He said in one place, he said, if his son asks for bread, is he going to give him a stone? No. If he asks for fish, is he going to give him a serpent? No. He said, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry, look at this, day and night. We, we can't just pray one time and expect God to move every time. You know, that, that's something that, that uh, I have wrestled with myself. And I have talked to several believers, and they've wrestled with that. And they say, why can things happen one time when I pray, but not the next time? Sometimes it's, I ask God for it and it just happens. And then the next time it's like, God don't ever hear me. It's like the prayer goes up and comes right back down. And, and I wish I had an answer. I don't know what the answer is. But I will say this, he teaches us to keep on coming and keep on asking and keep on to the point like this here. He said this, this man got annoyed. We keep on asking. And I'm going to tell you this tonight. I don't even care if you understand this. How many knows what I'm saying here? I don't understand all of this. What is the difference between those two things? You know, uh, it, 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 there's none of it that costs God too much. He can afford to pay it all. There's nothing that's out of His hands. He can take control of anything. But sometimes He don't. Why? I don't know. All I know is what the scripture said. We keep on coming. He said, said when he, he's going to, let me, let me make sure and read this right. He said, and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he bear long with them? That's not an explanation. There's none given. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, here's the question. Will he find faith? There's going to be a lot of things going on when he comes. Right? There's going to be a lot of prayers going up when he comes because things is going to be kind of bad in this world. Amen? Will he find faith? 
You know, there's people today that can't understand why God don't just straighten out this country, don't just straighten out this world, don't, don't just come right in and just fix it all. If He's such a big, powerful God, why don't He just fix it all? And there ain't no explanation to give them. We are not supposed to give up. We're not supposed to faint. We're not supposed to say, oh, well, I guess that's just the will of God. You know, there's been a lot of times, I guess, that I've been kind of guilty of that. Say, well, I guess it just ain't God's will or it just ain't God's time. You know, that seems like that's a pretty logical answer, don't it? It just ain't God's time. Pretty logical. That's pretty easy to say. But, but look at this. God, the Word of God doesn't teach it that way, does it? The Word of God really comes right out and says you ask and you make known your supplications. You just keep asking. I, I remember, you know, I told you here a while back about finding the baby bird, trying to raise it and choking it to death with the cornbread. But you know what I notice about baby birds? I all, when, when, that, when something bumps that nest, they automatically assume it's mama, and every mouth in the nest goes, they'll, they'll go to screaming. They do that because they know that, I mean, in nature, it's just natural for them. The strongest one's going to get the most. Isn't that right? And the weakest one's going to get the least, and the weakest ones don't make it a lot of times. We need to be quick to cry out to God and not, not stop because we don't understand, not stop because it don't seem like He hears. Amen. He said, because this poor widow, because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest her continual coming she weary me. That's that's quite an example for God to give, isn't it? I mean, think about it for a minute. That's quite an example for Him to give. He's teaching us to pray, but it's almost sounding like, well, he, I may not want to answer that day, right? So He tells us to ask and ask and ask and ask. And ask and ask. Amen. I want to go somewhere else right quick. Let's, let's go over to uh, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And I want to read another familiar story to us tonight. Verse 1 says, And again he entered into Capernaum. And after some days it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let, let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. 
And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these thoughts in your heart, these things in your heart? Whether is, is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. Now, you think about this. Imagine tonight if this house here was full to the point that people couldn't even get in because they were standing at the doors and they they were standing outside and so somebody had put out the word that there's a man down there that can heal that guy if you can get him down there and get him to do it he can heal this man with the palsy and so they come carrying him in they said we're going to get our brother or our uncle or our dad healed and we're going to carry him down there and we're going to get this man jesus to carry him in. Well, they got down and the house was just packed. And they were standing outside. There was no such thing as getting him in the door as they tried to carry him. So they stood there for a minute. Somebody must have been a hillbilly in the bunch because that's what hillbillies do is think about stuff like this. Well, you know what? We could tear a hole in that roof up there and drop him down right in front of Jesus. And so Jesus is on the inside. People on the inside, they don't know nothing about these people out, of, out there that's trying to get this man in there. He's in there preaching the word. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to hear Jesus preach the word? That, that would probably take all your attention, wouldn't it? But you know what? There was somebody climbed up on that house and started tearing a hole in the, the roof of that house and I can just imagine as Jesus is in there speaking the word, stuff starts falling down. Maybe people's going, man, it's falling on my head. Because, you know, when you tear stuff up uh, out like that, there's always some of it falls. It makes a mess on the floor. They're down there. Somebody looks up and says, well, they're tearing a hole in the roof. That's enough to mess up your message right there, ain't it? He's preaching a message and that's enough to make you stop and forget what you say. And then after they get a big old hole tore up, here comes this guy let down through the hole. I'd say they got his attention, wouldn't you? They was determined to get that man prayed for. But first they had to get him in front of the Lord. And they had to get his attention. They had to get his attention away from everybody else in that place. And the place was packed. How do you do that? Amen. They, they, they couldn't do it by being careful, could they? Somebody could have said, well, whose house is this anyway? You reckon we're going to get in trouble for tearing a hole in the roof? One of them said, I don't care because this man needs to be healed. They say he can heal him. I guess we'll deal with what happens after that later on because... I'm going to get this man in there so Jesus can, can touch him. I don't care about the house. 
The guy will just have to be mad. He'll just have to get over it. He said, be careful for nothing. And you know, it worked just like that. Whoever thought of it realized. Like he hoped it would. Look what he said. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven. Of course, we know he was he was doing two things at one time. There he was he was kind of entertaining the thought. He was, he just showing them scribes that hey, I know what you're thinking. He he was going to heal that guy. I wonder sometimes if we don't spend so much time afraid of what. Just what would you do to be healed? Huh? What would you do? Well, what if God gave you something to do? You know, I think about Naaman. He went down there to see that man of God, and that man of God just act like it wasn't even no big deal. You know, there ain't no big deal for God. He said, tell him to go dip in the Jordan seven times. And the word of God said that that man, old, old Naaman said, well, I thought he'd come out here and wave his hands around and do, do all this magic stuff. He wants me to go dip in a, that muddy river. There's a lot better rivers down there where I come from than this river right here. This one's muddy all the time. And one of his servants was humble enough that he said, well, if he told you to do something really hard, you'd do that, wouldn't you? He said, why not give it a shot? And so Naaman humbled himself and he went to the river and he got off and waded out in the river. I wonder... I gotta admit, I, I doubt that Naaman really had faith that that was going to heal him at that point. Do you think he did? I think he went just kind of just. Well, this servant here's right. You know, if he'd have told me to go to the top of the mountain and throw a rock off or something like that, I'd have done. I'd have done something hard. If he'd have told me something hard to do, I'd have done that. He just told me to do this, so why shouldn't I do it? Some, I believe sometimes we got to honor the. The Word of God, don't we? Whether we understand it or not. How many knows we don't always have to understand what God's speaking to us? You know, there's times that God will give us something in the Spirit to do. We say, well, you know, if it was something hard, I'd do that. What if, what if He said, crawl up down the aisle on your hands and knees? Will you do that? What's it worth to you? Huh? What's it worth to you? To honor the word of God. What's it worth to you? How bad do you want it? How bad do you think you got to have it? These men came in and messed up a message. They tore up a roof. They let a guy down. And the Lord healed took up his bed and walked. I want to go one more place here. 
Go with me to John chapter 5, if you would. We all know God's not the author of confusion. That's not what I'm saying tonight. But if God lays something on your heart, I don't care how silly it seems. I don't care what it ridiculous it may be. We ask God, God heal me. God do this. God do that. And then when He said He gives us something like that to do, we won't do it. I wonder how many times that happens. Amen. We go to John chapter five, and I want to start in verse one. It said, "After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem." Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Now notice this verse. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. It didn't matter what disease he had. Now look at this. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Here's what's interesting to me about this tonight. The Bible said there was a multitude. And they all had problems similar to what this man had. I don't know all the story. But I, I believe there's a, there's, a, there's a sideline to this story that we don't know because Jesus knew that one man out of that whole crowd. That whole multitude. Jesus' attention was drawn however it was to that one man and he walked through the middle of a multitude of people to that one man and he's I don't know about you but I can just see Jesus just going between them they was all sick they was all afflicted they was all hopeless and in trouble and I can just see him picking his way through that crowd and I can just kind of see him Squatting down there to this man and saying, Will you be made whole? Out of all those people. And so he began to tell him the story. Yeah, I would. But every time that water's troubled, I start to get up and try to get in the water. Somebody steps in in front of me and they get the blessing. And I don't have nobody to help me in there. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. Now, I want to point out some things that just stuck out to me as I began to study this. The first thing was that there was a great multitude. Jesus saw the one man. Now, there's a reason Jesus saw that man that I do know. He kept coming back. The way I understand that, this happened once a year. 
said in, at a certain season in verse 4, he troubled the water. So I understand that once a year. This man kept coming back year after year. However he got there, I don't know, but he kept on coming, didn't he? And sounds like 30, 38 years he saw somebody else get in there in front of him, didn't it? But he didn't give up. He just kept on coming back. He kept his faith. He still believed if I could just get lucky and be that guy that stepped in first, I can be healed. He wanted to be healed. But here's the thing I think made the difference. When Jesus told him what to do, he was obedient. And he did what he was told. He said, take up your bed and walk. And he took up his bed and walked. All these scriptures that, that I've brought to you tonight basically deal with this concept. We got to get God's attention. You know, sometime back I was, I was preaching and I never had thought of anything like this before, but I began to think about this world and all the people in it and how many prayers has been prayed up to God today for problems and ailments and situations and you know if we passively go through life and say oh yeah Lord by the way somebody out there is getting God's attention somebody out there is drawing God's attention. I don't know if shouting draws God's attention. I don't know if uh, running and stomping around draws God's attention. He said, This kind cometh, goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. I'm made to believe that those two things get God's attention. Right? Those are tested and tried and true. But somehow we've got to get God's attention. There's not a prayer that He can't answer. There's not a situation that He can't take care of. But out of all of the 7 billion people in this world, I wonder sometimes if He's not waiting for somebody to show Him their face by the effort they go to to try to get Him to answer their prayer. Every time one of my kids wants a job somewhere, I say, I tell them this. I say, you go fill out an application. You give them a resume. Ask to talk to the guy. See if you can talk to him. That shows him you want a job. Don't just go dump it off in some secretary's hand. If you can at all, talk to the man or woman. And if you really want the job, call back in a day or two. Don't just hope they find it. Don't just hope they put it in the right pile. Go back again. A lot of people get a job that way. You don't just throw it out there and hope for the best. You follow up on it. You put some effort into it. I think that's what he's trying to tell us here. That gets people's attention when you do those things. You know, Angel did a resume here a while back and, and, and someone told her that, that if she put red letters on it, it'd get people's attention. 
we need to put red letters on our prayer. Right? There's a lot of things going on today. There's a lot of situations. God's got a lot of responsibility. I know he can handle them all. But I want you to know there was something about them four men letting that guy down through a hole. They tore into somebody's roof. Maybe they didn't even know whose it was. It got his attention and it made a difference. And that man got healed right then. We just kind of nonchalantly throw up a prayer and say, Oh, Lord, I know you're busy, but uh, I, can't, I can't tell you what situation I'm talking about because I don't know. But I'm just saying to you tonight that if the Lord's dealing with you about something like that, you better follow through with it because these things get God's attention. God's attention is all we need. Amen? Because it, His Word spoke this world into existence. All we got to do is get Him to speak it. Be healed. Be whole. Devil be rebuked. I mean, that's all we got to do is get Him to speak the Word. Thank you, Jesus. He taught us that that unjust judge... That's an example of how to get a hold of God. Now that that's that seems kind of crude, don't it? And I don't understand all of it. But that's the example he chose to use to get God to hear your prayer. You just keep asking. You go back every day. You ask and you ask and you talk to God and you talk to God and you talk to God. So what do we do as a church? You know, I thought about this. We all know about Brother Dwight's eyes. Every day, we, every one of us, every one of us need to be calling out his name to the Lord and talking to him about his eyes, that Dwight needs his eyes healed, that he needs them to be back 100%. We, we, we everyone need to do that. You know why? Because the more of us that do that, the better chance of God. I hate to say it this way, but it's the only way the human mind, I think, can relate to it. Is we, the more of us that ask, the better chance we get His attention. We all need to be in agreement. How is it that they move the government? How do they move the government? They all get together and, and protest, don't they? They get out there and they have thousands of people standing out there in front of the White House. And that old president looks up and says, My goodness, look at all them people out there. They really didn't like what I said the other day. We need to be that way with the causes that we have. Amen. We need, we need to... Stand together. We, we need to be united in these prayers. We need to call his name out. God ought to hear about Dwight's eyes at least 25 times a day. From 25 different people. We all need to do it more than once a day. We need, we need to lift up Dwight.
I don't understand everything I preach. I hope you know that. That sounds kind of funny, don't it? I'm just trying to preach the Word of God. I don't, I don't necessarily understand all of it. You know, I think about the... I think about that uh, that bottle in, the, in Revelations. It said that there was a bottle over there that the prayers of the saints were... They, he, he, they, they get those prayers... And they put them in that bottle, that bottle of remembrance. And ever so often when they're before the throne of God, they go get that bottle out and they get one of their prayers out and offer it up before God. Well, you know, if, you, if you're going to try to win a raffle, the more times you got in there, the better chance you got. Isn't that right? They say, all right, there's going to be 500... Uh, cards in here, 500 chances. Well, if you get 100 of those chances, you got a pretty good chance of winning that rifle, don't you? If you if you buy 250 of them, then you got a 50-50 chance, don't you? That when they reach in that thing and they get that card out of there, it's going to have your name on it. I want you to think about this today. If we put up enough prayers to to God that are captured and put in that bottle one of these days when they get that bottle out to offer it up before God they're surely going to get some of our prayers out isn't he if we just keep on putting those prayers up you say well I don't see nothing happening today that's where we always get stuck at isn't it I don't see nothing happening I've been praying I don't see nothing happening we got to keep putting prayers in that jar we got to keep putting those prayers in that jar. We got to keep on throwing them in there. We got to keep on throwing them in there because someday God, that angel, whatever, whoever that angel is, he's going to go get that jar and he's going to reach in there and pull out a prayer and it's going to be one of ours and somebody's going to get healed or somebody's going to get saved. Amen. But we don't need to get weary. We don't need to faint. Okay. Is it safe to say we've seen enough prayers answered to, to take this message in the right context and realize, amen, we just need to keep offering up prayers to God. Just offer them up to God. You know, some of them raffles, they say you can enter it as many times as you like. We can, we can pray for Brother Dwight's eyes as many times as we like. Every time we do it, it just ups the odds. We got to get God's attention. We got to get Brother Dwight's situation in front of God. We got to get it in front of God because He can change it. It don't matter what the doctors say, it don't matter about the situation in this world. All that matters is we get that in front of God that he can look at it and say, so be it. Be healed. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. I don't understand everything that I wish I understood about prayer and healing. But I tell you what I do know. I have faith in what the Word of God says tells me that we need to pray. He said, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'd just like for everybody tonight that needs prayer to come up here. I know 
Brother Rogers ain't here. But God's here. If you, if you want prayer tonight for healing, for situation, for whatever you need prayer for, come up here tonight and we're going we're gonna to bind together and we're going to believe God and we're going to do what the Word of God says yes. and we're going to use the name of Jesus Christ right. because that's where the power is. Amen. That's the way we do it, isn't it? He said, anointing them with oil. We're going to do that. Thank you, Jesus. How many believes the word of God tonight? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Precious Savior.